Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of AUSU Open Mic. This is a very special edition. This is going to be the Halloween edition of AUSU Open Mic. This is going to be fun. We've got some uh, some cool stories that we're going to be talking about, and uh, the horrors of being an AU student. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we've uh, we've got a special guest with us today. Beth. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> we have Beth Richardson, who is a graduate student of the U of A. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Now, we instantly are inferior because of your cool accent. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to have to be dealing with that all afternoon. But so happy to have you here. It is the reason I got into grad school. 100%. Yeah. GPA doesn't matter. Just Not keep talking. Not at all. <laughs> and of course, we have our VP External and Student Affairs, Natasha Donahue. Welcome. Thanks. Hey, hey everyone. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us today. Um, it's kind of funny, you know, we talk about, uh, oh, by the way, my name is Jody Campbell. I'm the executive <laughs> director here at AUSU. <laughs> Half the time I forget to introduce myself during these anyways, but um, we got a cool addition here and we're specifically going to be talking about Halloween and uh, some cool stories that everybody uh, is going to be sharing with everybody during this podcast. Beth, we're going to start with you because in many ways, uh, you've got a cool story that you were going to share and I don't even want to preface it, but all I'm just going to say is it has to do with parasites. Okay. So when I was working on my master's degree back in England, I used to work on parasites, um, which sounds a lot cooler and more fun than it is because it's a lot of, they're very finicky to work with. It's kind of like having the worst behaved houseplant, like, <laughs> except a friend of ours says kind of, you know, you're growing something and you, you don't know whether you've got a pet or a plant because it is very specific about what it wants to live. And uh. you're down there trying to make it work at two o'clock in the morning, trying to test its media to make sure it hasn't run out of blood or whatever it is that <laughs> it needs. And then even then, sometimes it's just like, I die now. Like, you left me alone for five minutes. You looked at me funny and... I've decided to take all of your data with me. So I particularly worked on um, a parasite called African sleeping sickness, but um, I used to work with some friends who worked in the malaria lab. So there was one malaria lab in our entire department and it was basically a converted cupboard. There was all this kind of plastic around the doors. It was, it was almost easy to try and stash your, uh, stash your lunch there if you weren't careful. The thing I about- I mean, it's already creepy <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's already creepy enough that we're yeah. in a- like dealing with parasites and yeah now instead now we're going to put you into a dark closet yes as well. it was the it was the malaria cupboard the issue with the uh, malaria parasites is malaria can only survive in blood it can't live outside of a blood environment unless it's in a mosquito and so we grow our parasites in blood but where do you get blood right, right. like if you're a scientist you can't just nip down to the hospital and say i need three cc's of o negative stat they're going to yeah, look yeah. at you like you've gone insane <laughs> so we would grow things in blood that we got from other researchers in the building and actually in england it's illegal to grow parasites in your own blood there's no medical or kind of scientific or ethical reason for this the government just finds it really creepy that people <laughs> were doing this so they kind of decided to put a stop to it Ugh. so you'd be sitting having your lunch minding your own business and um <laughs> one of the malaria researchers would come to you and say hey you're looking pretty rosy and uh, flush today did you <laughs> did you have a nice walk in you know that crisp autumn air bringing all yeah, that yeah. bright red cheeks and uh, they'd say hey do you want to come look at my cultures <laughs> And you go, oh, yeah, of course. I'd love to come see your malaria cultures. That sounds so interesting. So you'd go down and they'd say, they're in the basement. 
and you'd be like, oh, that's a perfectly normal place to have a cupboard. <laughs> so you'd go down to the basement and then there'd be like a malaria lab, but then there's also a bed at one side and they're like, just sit down on the bed for us. And then they go, so are you using all of your blood today? And you'd say, well, I guess. And they say, well, because, you know, our cultures are getting really hungry. They, they, they could really use, use a feed and, uh, you know, we, we're, we're nearly out of blood. And luckily... I was uh, I'm ineligible for the uh, the the blood reasons they they don't like malaria it turns out doesn't like my blood which is a useful thing to know this is, in life. yeah this I was going to say this but, is a good thing um, interesting but yeah so if you hang around biochemistry departments for too long you might if someone comes up to you and says wow <laughs> you're looking really healthy and uh, healthy and strong then just say oh thank you and just, just run the other run way. the other <laughs> run the other direction this whole scenario seems so weird. Um, Beth, tell us what do you what have you taken? Uh, what's your academic background? Okay, so I um, so I did my undergrad in biochemistry, and then I did a master's, kind of in parasitology, and now I'm doing a PhD in ecology. But for a while, I also worked in the political sciences department, and I've also worked in medical microbiology and immunology, and also biology. Like I teach biology classes as well. So this is amazing. I mean, obviously, that <laughs> explains why you're working with malaria and parasites. Yeah, and... yeah. I um. Um. Do us all a favor. What does a parasite look like? So I'm very... picturing like a worm or something growing inside of you and pretty much um we used to have i used to um because i did a lot of science outreach stuff especially when i worked in england and um we had this parasite jumpsuit and basically you would put on this um mm. like boiler suit and then you could stick parasites to the various places in your body where you could get them so it's kind of hookworms in your gut and toxoplasma on your brain and so in a way, like, and, and you have a lot of parasites inside you right now. Like, I I'm hope trying you, not to think about I that. I hope right you know now. that. <laughs> Especially if we have cats. Right? Oh, yes. So toxoplasma is a big one. So a lot of them do look, um, it kind of depends. I work on the very little parasites. So most of them kind of, if you look at them down a microscope, they're just single celled. And um, so some of them, for example, there's ones called diplonemids. So that causes uh, giardia. Um, if you've ever drunk water from a stream and had diarrhea for the next three months, then uh, that's one you can actually get in Alberta. Um, that one, uh, um, that one, it has two nuclei. So if you look at it down a microscope, it stares back up at you. That's and it's creepy. very creepy. Yeah. Okay, you are so perfect for this <laughs> Halloween edition but of I our podcast. Even this is about horrifying. Parasitic worms yet? Please some go them, on. Some of them come out through your eyes. No. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, as fascinating that is, that is horrifying. Honestly. Yes. <laughs> Natasha, okay, we're going to come back to you, Beth, because you've already set the stage in kind of a weird way that I'm now just. Envi envisioning all of these parasites inside my body and like what they're doing and living <laughs> off of and more than likely it's like fries and gravy <laughs> i don't know why i picked that food but it just seemed like maybe that's what a parasite wants is fries and gravy yeah um mm -hmm. natasha you've got a student horror story to share and i wanted to make sure we get this in as well and i think as a student we've all had these horror stories whether you're having nightmares because of an upcoming exam or and we're going to touch on that later but uh why don't you share with us the one that you've got sure so i guess my my biggest horror story um especially related to aau would be the time that i tried to cram 
my first uh, calculus course into a couple of weeks. That was pretty terrifying. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. There's a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of uh, dreaming about calculus, which was maybe more of a nightmare. <laughs> how, do you, how do you cram calculus into a couple of weeks? Uh, well, I did have to take time off work to do this um and i basically would just do calculus all day long <laughs> every day guess what that's a horror story it really long. was i love like and i love math um i like i love solving puzzles and uh, strategy and um statistics and all that kind of stuff i do enjoy calculus but that was a bit much that was um probably too much for i will never do that again the question is how'd you do not very well <laughs> <laughs> I, I passed, but uh, very, very uh, slimly. Well, and some might say when it comes to calculus that a pass is success. Yes, I think a lot of people would agree with that. Okay. Um, and Natasha, you've also got a student story that uh, was sent over to you. And why don't you share that with us too? Because it, it seemed pretty funny. Yeah, I, I did like this one a lot. So um, we actually got this on our AU student app that we host. And you can find that in the App Store if you search Athabasca University and this was from Karen Fletcher and she shared with us that uh, during my last degree I was studying on the lawn on campus when I noticed some poles at the edge of my field of vision. I figured someone was putting up a volleyball net or something so I kept studying. A couple minutes later I realized they were right next to me. I looked up and there's this angel clown mine on stilts bending over at me with, <laughs> at which point I screamed at the top of my lungs uh turns out Cirque du Soleil was in town nice <laughs> <laughs> something about clowns Beth are you good with clowns okay so in <laughs> England last year that police had to put out a statement saying that could people please stop dressing as killer clowns and standing around in public parks because it was really freaking oh everyone my out gosh. it was a genuine problem was it during a specific time? Like was like Stephen King's nope, it nope. just out or something like that? Everyone just decided to be scary clowns for a couple of months. And, and then it, it stopped. And it didn't fly. No. I could see why. Not I'm cool. I'm okay with clowns. Though. I'm I mean in general I'm okay with clowns. Yeah. If I met Pennywise, I wouldn't be okay with that. He's not a clown, he's like an ephemeral being. Or it's a f an ephemeral being, I should right. say. I don't know. See that. See, I mean, obviously there are certain like what you know, it great horror flick. You know, you kind of look at history and clowns have got this bad rap all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Though, you know what surprised me when I moved here? Rodeo clowns. Right. There's, yeah, my friend yeah, made yeah. me go to a rodeo one time, and I'm like, there's already men trying to hold onto the backs of these giant one-ton <laughs> beasts, and then getting brutally flung into the ground. And surrounded by people cheering and drinking yeah, yeah. beer. Like, what What part of this needed a clown? I don't know. It's almost <laughs> like the clowns are there for to entertain you while you're, you know, going through this bull riding horror. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe bulls got a things with clowns, too. You never know. Yeah. It's not the red rags that scare them. It's the clowns. I think so. <laughs> we have uh, some random stories that we're going to pull from everybody. And we're just going to go around the room here. I don't know who wants to go first. Or maybe I go first. Yeah, you should go first. Because I happen to have one, and I was t I was telling the group here that we were going to just, you know, randomly come up with some stories that are definitely Halloween featured, and uh, and maybe just see where it goes. But I was telling the crew uh, before we began the podcast today that I have this reoccurring dream, mm -hmm. and it's been happening since I was probably a teenager, and it also comes out at very random times. And uh, what it is is I'm out camping. And imagine you're in this, uh, I've got my own little fire burning and I've got a small little tent 
and I'm surrounded by trees. And so the campfire light kind of reaches to the trees and you know that the trees are there, but it doesn't reach any further into the trees. And so I'm sitting there minding my own business. And for some reason, I know that something is coming. And so I'm kind of preparing mm-hmm. myself and I'm sitting by this fire. And all I know is I don't know what's coming, but something is coming. And the next thing I know, um, and these beings, uh, they're human bodied, but they don't have faces. And instead, what they're doing is they're coming out of the trees at me. And the only weapon I've got is a hatchet. And so here I am. And I mean, it's it's me. I'm a pretty easygoing guy. There's mm-hmm. no reason for me to be violent. Yet in that moment, it was all about survival. And to this day, I can literally replay this dream over and over and over. And it's basically a series of me having to kill these people that are coming after me with a hatchet. And the dream ends when the last one is coming at me and I just fling the hatchet (laughs) at them and I hit it in the head and I wake up. That's pretty intense. I mean, this dream does make you sound really cool. <laughs> like, that's a lot more. I'll take more. that. I'll take it. I am never that proactive in my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mostly just flailing it's, and distressed. It's, um, oddly enough, it's been happening, like I said, probably since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. So let's just say it's been over 20 years and it comes out at random times. Yeah. And sometimes I'll have it where it's, every night for three days and then I don't have it again for six months. Wow. And uh, every once in a while, I'll just wake up and I'll look at my wife and be like, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) And Faceless old men again. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's creepy. Oddly enough, I've actually, my comfort level with the dream has also gotten better. Yeah. Because even even in the dream, it's like I've done this before. Right. Is your aim with the hatchet getting better? It's on point every (laughs) time. (laughs) Yeah. So anyways, that's my horror story and Oddly enough, it's a recurring dream that I've had for many years. It's it's incredible what the mind can do, hey? I know. Yeah. Like I would never any other time imagine doing doing right. such a thing. Yet in that moment, and again, I'm kind of out camping and it's like the setting is set. Yeah. Uh, you got the, the atmosphere. I, sh- I should be saying the scene is set. Right. And next thing you know, it, now it's on. And next thing you know, it ends. So... so when you when you mentioned uh, a reoccurring nightmare or something that came, the thing that came to mind for me is something that it's a reoccurring dream that I have, and I don't know if anyone else has this issue, but it also often comes accompanied with sleep paralysis. But it's not really horrifying for anyone else to hear about. It's just kind of distressing to experience at the time. And this dream involves me going into the kitchen of my mum's friend's house. Okay. And her and my mum's friend are sitting at the... My mum and her friend are sitting at the breakfast bar and having a chat with each other. And I go in and they kind of gesture that I should join them. And so I go to sit down, but there's nowhere to sit. And for some reason, you know when you're having a dream and just like dream logic kicks in and you decide to do something utterly stupid and it just really <laughs> makes sense in your head at the time, I think, yeah. uh-huh. I'm going to have to sit in the washing machine. And so <laughs> I go to the washing machine and it's a front loader. I open it. And I sit down with my bum in the washing machine and I get stuck. And Whoa. this is when the sleep paralysis kicks in and no. I'm stuck. I can't move. And my bum is in the washing machine. And this happens to me. Like, and I, I've looked it up. I'm like, is there a, a type of like, d- does a washing machine mean anything? Am I trying to cleanse my sins? Like, yeah, there's got to be something some there. Subconscious desire to go round and round in circles. But no, it's, it's just a, a problem. Wow. That is hilarious. I love how unique that is. Yeah. Um, it's very vivid. 
I yeah have, i have a horror filled sleep paralysis story but oh. it's not it's not recurring it's only happened to me once which i'm very thankful for um because sleep paralysis is terrifying yes yeah but um i'm i have this irrational fear, fear of aliens that i've had since i was like eight years old it seems like a valid fear you know what? I think it's valid, but maybe not everyone agrees with me, but I think it's totally <laughs> valid. Aliens definitely <laughs> they, exist. They do. Yeah, scientifically. Whether like, or not they've they've come to visit us and, and um, you know, kidnap us and whatnot is a, another question, but... We'll leave that for the movie. That's yeah. where my anxiety comes from. So um, I had this dream once, I would say it's been like 15 years ago now, and it still is like very vivid in my mind. And in my dream, I simply woke up from bed got out of bed, walked down the hallway to get a glass of water. And instead of turning to go into the kitchen, I turned toward the front door. And there's just this giant alien standing there staring at me. And um, just instant um, like fright started trying to scream, but nothing would come out of my mouth. And then I opened my eyes and I'm just like laying in bed, like face down on the pillow. Oh my God. And all I could hear was static in my ears. It was very scary. Um, I eventually was able to move, but um, that was a pretty terrifying experience. It's kind of funny when when you talk about this whole concept of having a physical reaction to a dream. I've actually had uh, an experience where um, it's probably been on only a couple occasions where uh, I specifically remember a dream that I had where I was sitting on the edge of a truck uh, in the box mm-hmm. and somebody had come from behind me and kind of put their arms around my head, but they were behind me. And so I wasn't really quite sure who that was. And I was thinking, well, maybe this is just a friend or whoever it is. Mm -hmm. And so I'm trying to turn around to see who it is. But instead, they are fighting me a little bit and not allowing me to turn around. And their their arms basically slowly start going around my neck. And so my wife wakes me up and apparently was telling me that here I was like holding on to my own neck and not unable to breathe. And I could, even as I woke up, I could still feel the weight of that person Uh on my shoulders. And it was really, really freaky. That is freaky. And uh, now that I've told both of these dreams, I'm kind of feeling like like I need some sort of psychiatric (laughs) help. But it's like we have these, these, you know, um, not just physical dreams, but just the, 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 the after effects of of what these dreams are. And sometimes they're kind of a little crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. At least I'm kind of thinking that I'm a little crazy now that I've shared both of those. So before we move on, do you guys have any other, other, you know, random horror stories or things you want to share? So, um, when I was, uh, I was, I was actually having lunch with Natasha the other day. Um, (laughs) Oh, I like how this is recent. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. We know each other outside of podcasting. (laughs) And, um, so she mentioned that she was doing a um, podcast about horror stories and was asking if any of us had any academic horror stories or any horror stories that we knew of. And I said, well, there is this one ghost story from when I was an undergrad. And then like literally after I left the restaurant, she texted me and saying, you're coming on my podcast to tell this exact story. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, um, okay. So this is when I was, I was a first year undergrad and um I, when I was an undergrad, I went to, um, I was at Cambridge, which is a very old, spooky university. It was founded in like the 1200s. So we have a lot of ghosts. And, um, love it. I love where this is going already. Yes. So um, a friend of mine, and he did give me permission to talk about him on the podcast. So his name's Baskran. And um, we were, uh, we'd been out to a comedy show together and we went back and we were just hanging out at his dorm room afterwards and, you know, drinking 
Sainsbury's Basics vodka and, you know, chatting about the show we'd just seen. <laughs> Very kind of traditional student freshman experience. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I look over to his I look over to his desk and I see he has these books and they're not they're not books, they're like tomes. Like they are the books that you see on people's lecterns when they're trying to summon the devil and i said baskran what are those and he goes oh yeah my friend dropped them off he found this weird occult section in the library and i said okay like are you sure and this was at the um so he was at trinity college which is one of the older colleges so they have a library that goes back kind of you know five six hundred years and he's like yeah i was in the basement of the library and i found these books and so i go over and look at them and i pick one up and dust the cover off and it says kind of, I can't remember the exact title, but it was like the higher orders of magic with a K and, <laughs> you know, and I open up the front page and it says, you know, um, take heed, he who, he, because it was written in the 1800s, which is a very patriarchal society, take heed, <laughs> he who reads this, for no man faint of heart can so follow these pages without surely losing his mind. Like it was intense. I like, and so. This is I, light reading apparently. For yeah. Your and um and i said where did you get this and he said yeah they've got all of these kind of victorian spiritualist literatures from the 1900s and 1800s when they were very 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 intensely into that sort of you know victorian spiritualist like seances and all of that stuff and so he opens this book to a random page and it's just got this diagram of like kind of a summoning circle and this latin and so he starts reading out the Latin and I go, Baskran, what are you doing? You never read the Latin. Like that, <laughs> no, is, that is pretty much that a is rule. Haunted yeah. book 101. And yeah. he's like, it's fine. It's not haunted. And so we decide we're going to go and see uh, if we can find more of these books. And so we head over to the main old buildings of this college and we go to the library and we go and it, it's, it's about five to midnight and the student librarian who's working, you know, graveyard shift, she goes, Oh, um, the library basement closes at midnight, uh, but I'll let, I'll just, you can go in now, I'll leave the key with you and you can just lock yourself, like you can just lock it when you're done. So she leaves. So we are the last people left in this library basement. We open the door, we lock it behind us so no one can come in after us because, you know, we don't want people wandering around. And um, we get down there. And so this library basement is where they keep their archives and also where they keep their um, rare books. So they have a cage at one end of the, so one wall is just like iron bars. Like it's a cage. They have their very expensive books in the cage. The restricted area. The restricted <laughs> section, exactly. Yes. And um, the other books, I don't know if you've seen those bookshelves where kind of there's a whole bunch of them squashed together and then you have to turn a wheel yeah, yeah. to like open the shelves enough to, yeah. um, so we start opening the section where we, we think these occult books are going to be. And we only open the aisle about three feet because we're lazy, right? And we don't <laughs> want to open it up all the way. And it's a pretty long, it's about a 20 foot length of bookshelf. So we've got about a three foot gap. We squeeze down it. And obviously the occult books are all the way at the other end. So I walk all the way down to the end and I'm kind of standing like between these two very, very big, thick bookshelves. And I start reading um, and I start, I pick up a random book. I start like looking through it, seeing if I can see any more of these, you know, occult rituals. And then all of a sudden I can like feel so, like, cause I'm leaning back against the bookshelf behind me and I can feel it kind of pressing like on my back. And then like all of a sudden it moves, like it jumps forward about an inch. And I, it's terrifying cause 
you know, I'm squeezed between these two walls. Yeah. And I say, Baskran, don't do that. Like, if you need to open another shelf, like, and he says from clear across the basement, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and so I drop the book and I run out from these bookshelves. Oh and I was like, we've got to go right now. <laughs> and so we ran back outside and then, um, you know, we're kind of collecting our breath, standing in this courtyard in the middle of the night. And I said, you know, one of us is going to have to go back down there and lock the basement. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and instantly it's like dibs out on Oh, that. yeah. Oh. I was like, it's your college. I'm going. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's a good story. I love this story. Yeah. So that is the one. I mean, by nature of you just being from the UK, I mean, come on. There's a lot of rich history back then. Yeah. And it's like. My hometown is very haunted. Yeah. Um, you were mentioning that earlier. That's, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, you asked for kind of, oh, um, does anyone have any ghost stories? And I was like, well, my hometown is very haunted. But um, I mean, it's a normal amount haunted for England. But like, there's like four or five ghosts, I think. But um, there's a ghost that lives in the pub, but it doesn't bother you unless you go upstairs. And so like, <laughs> that one's fine. Um, there's apparently a ghost that lives in the church but um, that one doesn't tend to wander much, though they did find a couple of years ago a secret tunnel leading from the basement of the church to the pub. Ooh. So I don't know if the pub ghost and the church ghost right. know each other, but um, and wh when this tunnel was discovered, they said, More oh, than likely well, they do. probably, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there can't be much else to do if you're a, a ghost. <laughs> as far as ghosting goes. Yeah. Yeah. Share tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have moaning contests. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they found this tunnel between the church and the pub and when they, they discovered it, they were like, oh, well, clearly this was so um, political prisoners could claim sanctuary in the uh, in the church and then they'll get smuggled out into the pub and then they can sneak off on horseback. And um, the, the, the vicar kind of said, or, you know, the vicar doesn't want to be seen drinking in the pub <laughs> with all of his parishioners on a Friday night. So he gives the landlord some extra cash to sneak him through a bottle of uh, a bo yeah, couple yeah. of bottles of ale through the back way. Yeah, let's go with that one. I like that. That's awesome. But also a ghost meeting place. Yes. Yeah. Definitely where the ghosts hang out. Too funny. See, Canada, we're we're too we're too new to have ghosts. I don't know. Maybe there are some freaky places I around think this country. We're only too new for European ghosts. That's true. Yeah. True enough. Um, hey, let's do some rapid fire Halloween questions and uh, we'll just go around the room and just see uh, what you guys think about a couple of these random topics. Um, what's the best costume? And just as a heads up, the next question is going to be worst costume. <laughs> so uh, let's start with uh, Beth and we'll go to Natasha and, and throw me your best costume and worst costume that you've ever had. Um, so the best costume I've ever done for Halloween, I never really did Halloween as a child because my brother's birthday is on Halloween, which um, oh, no way. confirms that he is, you know, Satan. But, <laughs> Pretty much, um, yeah. No, he's lovely. <laughs> Sam, I love you. Um, but, uh, and also my mom spent two years in America when she was... Um, when she was a child and ever since has described Halloween as decadent Western capitalism. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we... Uh, so the first costume I did when I moved to Canada was um, I went as undercover Superwoman, which was excellent because I just wore my normal clothes with my shirt unbuttoned and a Superman t-shirt. I underneath. remember that. Nice. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that oh was yeah, awesome. we ended up at the same party. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just a quick little reminisce. Yeah. <laughs> 
we both ended up at the biology grad students association yeah, party exactly. yeah i was uh, a flapper at that I, party. honestly i can't yeah i remember <laughs> you were wearing a lot of jewelry yes that is um yeah, yeah. not many people were sticking to the theme okay do i but, have to uh, ask the question what's a flapper um a 1920s sort of you know the dresses with the drop waists and the bobbed hair and red lipstick and the the longs what are those called the cigarettes with the holders oh kind of yeah. like gatsby style yes, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. Yes. okay okay perfect perfect and um the See, worst this is very educational <laughs> podcast today. the worst costume was not actually too bad for me but uh one year in college my best friend and i went to a halloween themed party as weeping angels from doctor who and <laughs> i had a great time she turned out to be allergic to the paint we used to make ourselves look like statues and spent the entire next three days covered in hives and, um, <laughs> yeah, hasn't really uh, forgiven me since. Whoops. <laughs> That's good and bad at the same time. She looked yeah. great. I believe it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe not so much afterwards. But. No. Natasha, what about you? What was your uh, what, what would be your best costume or worst? Uh, how, whichever one you want. I would say my best costume was when I did steampunk Lydia Dietz. And that was really fun. I made like a sandworm and everything um, out of clay and uh, sewed a couple socks together and stuffed them. And I still have it. Um, that was a really fun one. Um, my worst costume. That's a really good question. And... I don't want to offend anybody who's my family who might have helped me with this costume, <laughs> but when I was really little, I used to wear this like pink dinosaur costume every single year until I like, just could not fit into it anymore. And looking back on the pictures now, it's like, oh, that was a little bit outrageous. But you loved it. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I would like, I don't, I, would, I don't even know if I would call it like the worst costume. It's just like maybe the most like tacky costume. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And everybody, it was like very anticipated. It's like, okay, when, yes. when's Natasha pulling out exactly. the, the yeah. dinosaur costume? When again. I deviated away from that, it was definitely a big shock to everybody. I bet. I mm-hmm. bet. Um, I don't know about first, but it, one of the best ones we had, uh, a buddy of mine, he eventually found uh, some masks. And what it was is they were, uh, they were made of silicone, obviously. And when you put them on, you actually would get them a little bit like wet on your mm. cheeks and stuff and around your around your chin. And so, so it when like you put stick to you, it would stick to you a little bit. Holy smokes. <laughs> These masks were amazing. And so and plus they were uh, they were creepy. Right. I mean, they were kind of like the creepy old guy, like with, mm-hmm. the you know, the nasty, scary, bloody, nasty face. And man, we went to a party. And we both had one of these on and nobody could figure out who we were. And it was like, even how your face moved, these masks would move with it mm-hmm. and you kind of, you know, press it down around your lips. So when you talked, oh, so it, it didn't look like a typical mask, man, I still to this day wish we had those masks. Where did you get them from? They were amazing. Actually, he had them. Right. And so he found them and he's like, here, put this on. I mean, huh. and they were incredible. Yeah, found. right. Yeah. <laughs> That's so found. creepy. Oh, they were just in my basement, you know, in the freezer. Glowing. All I know. <laughs> is that we got a lot of props for those masks that night and they were yeah. scary. I mean, they were, they were legit. That's awesome. I felt like I was on like a episode of walking dead or something like that. Do you have pictures of them? Do you know what? I'd have to see. Okay. Yeah. I want to see them. Because when, what were we? We were probably, I don't know. I was probably 19 at the time. So they they would be like legit film pictures. Oh yeah. 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 They were I want to see them. Let's move to favorite horror movies. And obviously there's, there's a lot to pick from, but uh, Natasha, why don't we start with you and then we'll go to Beth. Um, okay. What's your favorite horror movie that you remember? 
I am such a horror movie buff. I really love horror movies. I have a subscription to Shudder and everything. No um, way. I love that. I listen to horror podcasts. So Do you? Yeah, it's really hard for me to pick a favorite. Um, I would say my favorite overall horror movie, hmm, The Mist, maybe? Oh, good one. Yeah. Yeah, I love that I one. Like the, the, I like the novel as well, but the, like the psychological horror is probably my favorite. Yeah. Do you know what's funny is I kind of share this with you because I love the old school horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like when I see Halloween come on, I can't not go to it, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's, for whatever reason, my wife will walk in and she's like, okay, you know what? You know that that's not going to stay on while I'm here. Cause she's the <laughs> opposite. But for whatever reason, I just, I dig some of those old horror movies. And yeah. uh, however they're, I draw the line and this is going to be my favorite and also my worst because I literally won't watch them anymore. Are those paranormal movies? I haven't seen any of those. Ones, oh my I don't God. Think. I find them a little too spooky. Yeah. They're crazy. Are those like the ghost story ones? Well, I mean, not they obviously come or like across the like camera ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And like, like where suddenly you're just laying there minding your own business, and then right, your you jump know, scares. Your blanket is suddenly pulled off of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like some of these things that come across, like okay, this could be real. Mm-hmm. Like this could be legit. Yeah. So, anyways, I kind of lean away from those just because they're. I don't know, much. a little too much for old <laughs> me, yeah. I heard like people think that you're you're a little deranged if you can watch horror movies and yes. sleep well. And maybe I'm a little deranged. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for confirming. <laughs> Beth, what about you? So I have to say the best horror film I've seen recently, I don't watch that many, but um I watched a film called Oculus. Mm. And it is it's it's a very good film. It's quite I can't remember exactly when it came out in the last couple of years. It's quite a modern film and I don't want to spoil it for anyone because it is worth a watch and I think it's on Netflix. Oh, I haven't seen that one. But um, one of the um, one of the central kind of premises of this is that, that you can't, what you see in a recording or in a reflection or kind of an approximation of what you see with your eyes is different. And then there's a lot of kind of very tense situations that are set up because people can't trust what they're seeing on a film recording or what they're seeing in a mirror or what they're seeing on like via a camera is the same as what they see in their eyes and it was fine it was an excellent film but what really messed with me is after we finished watching it um the guy i was watching it with kind of turned to me and said so we just watched this as a film so what we saw might have not been oh, what it actually was oh, and great. we might the ghost might be here the whole time <laughs> oh and that's not yeah, good yeah when when the things start crossing over into that reality. is the, the ones yeah. where yeah. the ones where you end up kind of being involved in the film or kind of they say there was a or they say you know you will be visited by this dream tonight or anyone who sees this film yeah. will surely die like those are the ones that really get to me yeah there's like a part of your mind yeah. that's like, like maybe maybe i will die in seven days <laughs> yeah. you know um i was reminded of another film i also i, I realized as we're talking really enjoy sci-fi horror so it's called Life. It's on Netflix. Um, Ryan Reynolds is in it. Oh, the one with Jake Gyllenhaal is in it, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, it's really yeah, great. I remember. Yeah, no, it's it's a really great movie. So essentially what happens is there's a crew on, I can't remember. They're in, a, they're in space. They're um, trying to find um, life outside of planet Earth, and they are successful. And um, I'm not going to give the whole film away. I'm just giving a brief intro to it. And um, so they start experimenting on it or trying to figure out what it is. And then things go south very quickly. And the part that is really interesting to me is that they're in space. So 
Um, okay, now if I remember, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't something eventually like crawl into their mouth and into their body? Like, there's just something about that is just like horrifying. Yeah, I think that does happen in the film like this at one entity point. is like just like yeah, and then the, essentially, like I said, they they're orbiting Earth, so I can't remember if they're on the ISS or yeah, if they're yeah. in some other situation, but eventually it's like how do you know we we want to make sure that this doesn't get to earth right yeah so, yeah um, it's a great movie let's but, uh we're gonna crank this down on a, a level what's your favorite candy <laughs> halloween candy beth what do you got favorite halloween candy yeah like it and it's like you only have it at halloween time okay so i never really went trick-or-treating it's not that big a thing um so I've tried like all of the Canadian ones now. Candy corn is terrifying. I don't know <laughs> like what it's made from. I, uh, I think it's corn syrup. I, I, uh, maybe. Is that right? Um, there's it's also bad. those weird pumpkin things that are like basically uh-huh. pumpkin shaped candy corn. Cinnamon hearts, also strange. Um, those are I'm like not, Valentine's Day though. Yeah, but like you guys have seasonal candy for everything. <laughs> we do. It's, right. it's capitalist. Uh, and, it's, and it's so changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's changed so much though because I mean, hey, listen, I grew up in the 80s and 90s and like I still remember going around and we would fill up a pillowcase full of candy mm-hmm. in, a, in a small town, Saskatchewan. And um, guess what? There were people that would like make popcorn balls. Mm-hmm. You Candy never, apples. You never see homemade food anymore, right. and it's like this. Yeah, everybody's just like shaking their head right now. It's like you would never see that. Kids are spoiled now because now you're getting <laughs> legit like Mars bars, full size Mars bars. Yeah, even. like full yeah. on good candy. It's like, man, we had to. If I got a caramel, like one of those square little caramels, yeah. that was my go-to. That was like a huge win. <laughs> Nowadays, it's like everybody's just getting bags of chips and Pop. chocolate bars and. Yeah. Like, it's actually, on. it's on my list to find a child that I can use as a prop to go <laughs> trick-or-treating. You, yeah. can, you can come with us. Actually? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I might have an invite live on this podcast. You got it. To go trick-or-treating <laughs> with yeah. Natasha and her son. Yeah. Legit. And Natasha, what about you? Okay. Everyone thinks I'm so lame for this, but I love the, the Halloween molasses uh, candies. Toffees. You know what? Don't hate it, but like in moderation. Yeah, like I'll, I can't have more than like four at a time. Then it's getting a, like a little like, oh, this is gross. <laughs> but I actually don't mind like the really chewiness yeah. of it, and like the taste is really good. I don't know why everyone hates on them so much. But it's a pretty classic candy, yeah. right? I mean, that's a yeah. typical Halloween only time it comes out. I mm-hmm. do really appreciate the um, the puns on chocolate bar names. <laughs> yes, like the first scaries. time I saw a uh, what are they like coffin crunch mm-hmm. and kind of the, the kit kats with i nearly died i was like this is the funniest thing i've ever seen <laughs> i was having a full-on like moment in the grocery store people must have thought i was so weird but i was just so excited for these seasonal candy bars love it well Scarios. guess what that's one as well scarios so. yeah it sounds more like a cereal i think it was a cereal it does yeah what does smarties turn to scaries scaries mm-hmm. that's what scaries. i was thinking of yeah. yes i love that yeah and they're like black and orange right and purple maybe uh the a hill i will die on is that the orange smarties taste different from the others really i'm gonna have to test i that don't out. care what it says on their website i don't care what they say in their press releases like i will go to my grave are you a super taste taster different. probably not you didn't test it out when i was in let's talk science yeah. no oh sorry <laughs> okay guess what folks that's it it's been great having you here with us, Beth. Thank um, you for having me. Your stories are epic, and uh, 
we're going to see if I have uh, nightmares after today's, uh, or even my own recurring one, apparently, yes. after today's podcast. But uh, thank you, Nash- Natasha, as well, for coming and hanging out again and, and uh, creating our special Halloween edition, AUSU <laughs> Open Mic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with that. But it was, uh, it was great having you guys here. And uh, once again, on behalf of uh, the Athabasca University Students Union, uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>